We made it Kansas City. The Chiefs are at the midpoint. What does that mean halfway through this season? Where do they pick up the pace coming in the second half? Matt Derrick's going to give us the inside scoop on what they ought to be doing that maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but we're going to do it today on Locked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everyone. It is hump day here on the week that the Chiefs are basking in the glow of shutting down one former uh, wide receiver that wears number 10. We're going to talk about that, what you're selling and what you're buying today. But we're brought to you by Game Time. And if you want to get in on all the other games coming this week, go create an account. Use the code Lockdown NFL and get 20 bucks off your first purchase. It's last minute tickets. It's the lowest prices and it is guaranteed. So check that out. We have a lot to cover. Thanks for making us your first listen here on Locked On Chiefs, part of Locked On Podcast Network, and that means your team every day, forever on every platform for free, starting here on YouTube, where you can like and sub and hit the bell. Also on Matt's channel at Chiefs Digest here on YouTube, you can like and sub that as well. And then hit the audio platforms of uh, Spotify, Apple, anywhere you can get a free show, we're going to give you a free show, so check that out. You can join our text line as well for all the uh, last-minute updates and those kind of things over at 816-357-357. 8781, get in on the action. We welcome Matt Derrick, the editor-in-chief at large of Chiefs Digest, who gives us the inside insult. And I'm Ryan Tracy. Uh, Insulting everyone is my game. Uh, Founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, and RGR Football. Matt, it's it's been a long time coming to get to the bye. It feels like this season just started with the Detroit Lions like last week. But when we take a step back, trials, tribulations, and yet, Despite all my complaints, there's two still seven and two in their record, leading the AFC at this point. Is this overall hit your expectation or fallen short of this team so far this season? Um, I I think you have to say uh, when you just look at the big picture. I mean, because how this team has gotten to where it is, I think, is fairly unexpected. I don't think that anybody really saw the journey as far as how they were going to get here and the approach. But looking at the big picture, where they are, seven and two, number one spot in the AFC, I mean, that's that's about on base. I mean, I, I think that at best you could have hoped that this team could have been eight and one, probably argued they should have been eight and one. Um, reasonably, there's some, <laughs> if you want to make the case this team should have gone nine and zero, maybe it stepped, stubbed its toe twice, I'd listen to that too. Uh, but no, I mean, I don't think you can play with about a seven and two record, especially, you know, with, with some of the challenging games that were on the schedule. Um, I mean, this team is absolutely where it needs to be going into the second half of the season. I I think it is a stepping point. And what I'm encouraged about is they've gotten to this record, like you said, in a, a fashion that we expected, could it have been better? Yeah. Could have been more consistent. That is for certain. But as a launching point, something that we generally see in a season, especially when the bye week is a little bit later, that they're able to kind of accelerate out of that rest. Certainly uh, the, the track record after the bye in terms of wins and losses is always good. They have a formidable uh, opponent coming up after that. But for right now, it's it's time to take stock for the players. And I know they do that by getting out of town, getting away. Um, I know there's a few people that probably stick around. They have rehab to do. They have a couple of things to get accomplished. But generally, this should be a down week, down time for most of the players, correct? Yeah, generally it is. You know, their their plane did not land back from Frankfurt until a little after midnight Monday morning. Um, so a little bit later than usual start to the bye week. And though uh hearing from some of the players, they got home maybe about 2 a.m. in the morning. So 
then you got to get the jet lag out of you. So yeah, a lot of the guys that I had talked to probably weren't really starting their bye week until Tuesday. That's when, you know, it was probably the travel day for most of them if they were leaving town or getting having family come in or any of those things that go on. Um, as far as the front office goes and the coaching staff goes, yeah, they're usually off for a few days. And then Andy and Brett start bringing them in usually back on Friday and Saturday. The players will get back in usually on Sunday. They will do a kind of a walkthrough and then go right into a game week. Might be a little bit different this week going into it because they got a Monday night game coming off the bye, which is nice. Um, so that might, Andy might give the players off until Monday. And that's really when everything kind of gets back to normal again. Um, but yeah, this is the, this is the one chance that everybody in the, in the organization kind of gets to power down for a little bit. And given that rest and, and the mental recuperation that I think everybody needs at, at any point in the middle of this season, whether it's now or week 12 or whatever you happen to be on that by that year, it's it's an opportunity, I think, to take some of the things that we generally point out as observations that, that could be done better, could be more uh, fortuitous for this offense in particular. Um, I, I generally have found that Andy Reid and the staff maybe get back in circulation a little bit quicker than the players do. And they generally are able to take that step back and learn from that. Maybe they apply some of the things that we've all been talking about, not that they're listening to us, but they're seeing the same thing. So is this a working vacation for the staff more than it is the players? Yeah, and that's, and that's once again, that kind of a, a unique thing about the Frankfurt trip is that, you know, they had a nine-hour flight back. So I can, I can guarantee that I bet a lot of the coaches were already going over film both uh, on that trip. I mean, with nine hours, you probably had time to get in the, the Dolphins game. You probably had a chance to watch a little Eagles if you wanted to. And you're right. I mean, this is it's typically a, a taking stock at the midpoint kind of opportunity for the team as well. Because when you're in, in it, you know, from week to week, you don't really, as a coaching staff, have time to look at the big picture stuff and to kind of just take a step back and say, okay, wait a minute, what's working, what's not, what do we need to do more of, what do we need to throw out, you know, when you're really just going at it from week to week, I mean, you get out of a game and you're already game planning for the next opponent, you don't really have a chance to kind of, you know, look at the big picture. I mean, you look at some trends. I mean, you're really kind of reacting from one game to the next. This is the first opportunity that you really get to kind of look at a lot of things. And, and that's exactly what Reed and his coaching staff will be doing. They'll be going back and looking at uh, all, all the games from the first half of the season and kind of looking and seeing what worked and what didn't. And, and then kind of, you know, tweaking things from there. I mean, this is your really big chance to kind of reboot, if you will, what your, your methodology is and what your approach is going to be for the second half of the season. I mean, it's, it's a little bit just like going back to the end of training camp and putting together your first game plans for the season. I mean, this is, this is your chance to kind of reset everything. I think reset is exactly where they're at. We're going to find out what, what are we selling that the Chiefs need to do? What are we buying that they need to double down on coming up here later in the show? But first, got to tell you about our friends because we do have a number of them. And game time is the place to be. Whether you're trying to get in the action uh, in Arrowhead or somewhere else, uh, last second is always a tough thing for me, whether I'm, I'm trying to get in that stadium or any other. And it makes life easy to be able to go find the seat that you're looking for, see what it looks like, and select it easily and right away without problem that's what game time does it makes selection the easiest part and they give you a guarantee that if you find it anywhere cheaper they're going to give you 110 percent back of that difference and that makes it a sound deal no matter where you're going that price guarantee makes all the difference in the world so head on over make yourself an account get the game time app create the account 
Use the code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. It makes it simple to find the seat that you want, protected against price in any stadium in the league or any concert venue or anywhere else that you'd like to be. Easy and simple. Terms do apply, but just go over there, make that account, use the code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. It's last minute tickets, it's lowest prices, and it is guaranteed. I'm going to bring Matt back in here as we get into, I think, the fun part, and that is selling or buying. That's going to be, I think, the key. There's a couple of trends that are going on, and I don't think that we're going to be able to get away from them. So we might as well start with the big topics. Is there a number one wide receiver on this roster? Are you buying or selling? Um that the argument that there is a number one wide receiver on this roster right now, I am selling. There is not. There's a, I think, a potential number one receiver on this team, but he's not there yet. His name is Rasheed Rice. And I mean, that's the guy that's got the potential. I mean, he could he could be that. I mean, I, I think he absolutely is a thousand yard receiver in this league. Um, can he be that this year? There's possibility. I mean, he he would really have to work at it to get there. And and history is against him because Andy Reid's never had a thousand yard receiver in his first year. Uh, But no, I mean, right now, I mean, you look at the numbers across the board. I mean, and there's nobody else that's making the case to be that. And nobody else has been that in the past. So I can't make that case. But we're talking about, you know, buying and selling one thing that and tweaks. One of the things that I'm tweaking, if if I'm going to the second half of the season and if I'm Andy Reid and the offensive coaching staff, I'm saying, how do we get Rasheed Rice the ball more? How do we get him more involved in the offense? Because as we saw against the Dolphins, it's not just throwing him out there. He had more snaps than anybody else, and he still only got two targets. He needs more work than that because right now he is the guy that I think I have the most faith in as far as catching the ball and doing something with it afterwards. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I too am a, a little bit iffy on that. My second topic, though, is probably more profound because of what we've seen in the first half and, and how this defense has come together and how dominant it's been, particularly along the front. And that's what I'm trying to gauge here. Can this end up being a, a top five pressure team in this league by the time the regular season rolls around to its conclusion? I'm buying that one because of the additions and the continued upslope I see for guys like Mike Dana, for obviously many of you getting into the the action and the rotation that I think you're actually going to get out of uh, Felix Antico Zama eventually. So I am buying they can stay in that top five category for pressures. Where are you at? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'll buy it too because for the exact same reasons, um, they're healthy. They should be. They're, they're getting deeper with Charles Aminahu coming back. You're right, and DK Uzama absolutely should be more experienced in the second half. And and you're hoping that there's a little bit of that second half bump that George Karloftis had last year. And then you mentioned Karloftis. I mean, I think he continues to get more and more comfortable. So, and Mike Dan is having a heck of a, a contract season. So. If he can keep up the, the first half of what he's done, that production should be there. Knock on wood, the only thing that could disrupt this unit is an injury, which they have relatively been healthy, and they're certainly healthy right now. So I I, I don't see anything slowing this, this team down and, unless it's something self-inflicted. I think the big tweak is what we're looking for the coaching staff to continue to exhaust all avenues for Patrick Mahomes in order to – take this this offense to its next evolution, given the players that it has. Uh, we all know what it can be with, with other personnel, but this is the group that you have. There are no more trades coming. There are 
very, very unlikely there's any kind of acquisition coming. So can they take it to the next level, or is this the offense we're going to be stuck with? Are you buying that this offense gets back to its lofty preseason expectations and can actually get back to putting up 28, 30 points a game? I am going to sell on that. Where are you? I mean, I'm bullish on the second half for this offense. I mean, I think that it absolutely should be better than it is. And, you know, and, and, and there's one reason why I think that they can't improve, and that is because you got one of the best coaches in the league in Andy Reid who can analyze what's going on. And that's why I think that the bye week is so important right now. I mean, this is an opportunity for Andy Reid to kind of reboot this offense, and that's exactly what they need to do because it's a matter of going through and looking at everything the teams have done defensively against you over these last nine games and, and taking a fresh look at it and looking at it collectively and holistically, for lack of a better word, to see the commonalities of where you're struggling, because it's not just execution in the red zone. That is not it exclusively. We have seen at times this offense really bogged down, even in the middle of the field. The second half against the Miami Dolphins was a perfect example of that. And to me, it's a microcosm of what teams are trying to do against the Chiefs, which they've learned over the years, you can't blitz Patrick Mahomes. So what's the opposite of blitzing Patrick Mahomes, especially when he doesn't seem to have any weapons? You sit back and just wait for the Chiefs to make a mistake. And that's what teams are doing, and that's what the Chiefs are doing. If you let Patrick Mahomes sit back in, in the pocket all day long, he doesn't. He still doesn't have anybody to throw to. It's not like he's got Tyreek and out there working his way open. He's got a bunch of young receivers and and some guys who who just probably are more suited to be number three type receivers out there that aren't getting a lot of open space. And and sometimes you've talked about it, Ryan. I mean, there's also been times that in the first half that pa Patrick's just missed some open open receivers and hasn't made the right reads. And I, I again, I think that goes back to a little bit of the timing issues that this offense has had. What we saw in that first drive against the Dolphins, to me, is exactly what Andy Reid and the offense needs to be watching to see what they did on that first drive. Because what did they do? They ran the football and they got rid of it quickly. Right now, Patrick Mahomes has taken 2.95 seconds per throw. That is would be the longest of his career. Now, he's usually right around 2.9. So... It's not like a dramatic change, but I don't think there's any doubt. You know, that the numbers show that the longer Patrick holds on to the ball, the worse things happen. And and that's it's that simply mistakes. And the Chiefs have too many of them. And when because when when Patrick holds on to the ball, what happens? Well, you saw one example against the Dolphins. You can turn it over with a fumble, but sacks are bring come into the equation, negative plays come into the equation, holding penalties come into the equation. <laughs> and we've seen plenty of those. So to me, yeah, eliminating mistakes is going to be a big part of this offense. But, you know, a big part of it to me is also get rid of the ball quickly, get it to Rasheed Rice, get it to Travis Kelsey, get it to Marquez, get it to Sky Moore, get it to Kadarius Tony. You got some playmakers with the ball in their hands. Just get it to them more quickly. Yeah, I, I have a couple of guys that I want to see the ball more, but I'm going to have to sell on them. We're going to get to those coming up on the backside of this break. Right now, uh, as Matt said, sometimes it's just best to sit around and wait and see what the offense does. Well, sometimes you got to do that with your halftime order as well, because right now you can get 50% off of a $10 value right now at DoorDash on your first order when you use that app and use our code LOCKED23. 
Uh, it is subject to change and terms do apply, but if you're, you're getting down to that first half and you're not going to be able to run out, it certainly makes sense to grab good sense from down the road and, and have it come over. Uh, maybe you're waiting for that post-game meal uh, like a lot of the, the team likes to do on the way back. Maybe you want to get to Jack Stack. And shout out to uh, Martin City. You're still my favorite location. You can get Jack Stack over to your place as well. It makes life super simple. It saves you time. It saves you effort. And all you have to do is get that order in, sit back, and wait, just like a lot of those drop eight defenses like to do to Kansas City. So right now, it's 50% off up to a $10 value when you purchase $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKED23, it's subject to change. Terms do apply, but don't forget to use the code. It's LOCKEDON23 for 50% off, up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend 15 or more. Subject to change. Terms do apply, but go get you what you're We'll get Matt back in because uh, I, I, I have some questions and I have some doubts. Um, I, at this point... And really trying to see if the Chiefs are going to have uh, enough gusto, as good as they're playing in the secondary. Is there going to be a guy, the over-under, I'm setting it at three and a half. Will someone get four interceptions on this roster? Right now, I am selling. Matt, what about you? Uh, getting getting over four and a half, I will probably sell as well. This is not a you know, an intercepting kind of def, you know, secondary for this team. I mean, they've got some guys that are good defenders and can break up passes, but you know, for whatever reason, the, it hasn't been a, a group that creates a lot of turnovers that way. I mean, they've got what four or five guys with one pick. And I mean, I know Nick Bolton's got one of those. So we're even talking about a linebacker getting one, <laughs> but you know, they do turn the football another ways. I mean, Trent McDuffie is, the, as, the, as, the, as the defensive players will tell you, Trent McDuffie is their best ball hawk. Well, when your best ball hawk is uh, a corner with admittedly short arms and is not a guy that's, you know, visioned as a, as a, as a takeaway kind of guy like that, but is the guy who instead puts the ball on the ground with fumbles, tells you a little bit about, you know, the kind of turnover group that you have. So somebody getting four interceptions, you know, what they would need to get to get to five to get to over four and a half. Yeah, I will sell that one. I don't I don't think this group's got it. But can they get some more turnovers collectively? Yeah, I think they can. I, I think you're probably right. As a group, that makes a lot of sense. On the offensive side, as much as I love how much uh, attention we've been able to get Andy Reid to give the running game. I have trouble seeing it be sustainable. We've already seen it kind of disappear at times. And so in particular, what I want to see for Isaiah Pacheco is that a thousand yard barrier uh, and everything that comes with it. And obviously it'll be more accolades, et cetera, et cetera. But right now I'm selling on him being able to have enough touches to get to that point. Do you think Isaiah Pacheco can get a thousand yards on this season by herself? Yeah, I've been, I've been pounding that that same question myself because right on the cusp, I mean, 525 yards through the first nine games, he's a little bit below the pace that you'd need to be to be able to get to 1,000 yards. Uh, to me, I, I think he will get there. I think that, that, one, I think that the Chiefs are going to have to run the football a little bit more than they did in the first half of the season. They had a couple of games, obviously, where it got away from them completely. And we haven't really seen them have a game where they just go off on the ground game. And at some point, they will. I mean, at some point this season, you think that that just the way that the Chiefs run their offense – 
they're going to have Pacheco go off for like 125 yards. And that's going to be a, a big chunk that I think will get him there. But I, I do. I mean, I think there's some questions about it because one thing that the Chiefs have done is that they've tried to put together a, a really good offensive line for protecting Patrick Mahomes. And one of the downsides of protecting Patrick Mahomes is that you're probably giving up a little bit in the ground game as far as, you know, as to how good you are as a ground and pound kind of team. And, and even though the, the Chiefs have some individual maulers, especially on the interior, that you know, when that's not the thing that you're you're really most emphasizing and it's and, and let's face it, I mean, ground, per, you know, game is not really something you can practice in the NFL, especially, you know, when you only have one practice a week when you hit each other and you're not hitting your own guys hard, you know, it's it makes it more difficult. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's that's one of the things that this team has, has really kind of struggled with is its identity on offense about whether it's the kind of team that can, that can run the ball effectively and ground it away when needed. They're going to need to at some point and they're going to need to commit to it at some point. So I, I think, I think Isaiah can get there, but it won't be by much. I, I am sad to say that I think you're, you're, you're right. That it's going to be a hair of a chinny chin chin. If at all. Um, I saved one for last and, and folks, the rest of this week, we're, we're going to be taking a deep dive on what's working, what isn't, and what we think can turn things around, uh, make this team even more formidable down the stretch to the playoff run. So make sure you like sub and hit the bell here on YouTube and get subscribed on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere you get a free podcast. Cause the entire network, even the Falcon show is free every day that you can get in here. So make sure you're subbing to the entire network. We appreciate it, Matt, my last one. And, and I, I left it for the last because I wanted to sell on it, and I just haven't been able to decide. And you've talked me into a couple of feelings here, and I hate to get into my feelings, but um, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes was able to chop one guy off of the list last week. I think it's very evident that, that Tua Tungavailo is not an MVP candidate at this point in the season any longer. He's got an opportunity in their next ball game to t- attack another one in Jalen Hurts that I think a lot of folks still have on that list. And in my mind, that's kind of what it comes down to. Is it, is it a team goal? No, but it is an ancillary process. You see Patrick Mahomes and his um, accumulation of accolades. I'm right on the borderline. You're going to have to convince me because I can't make a decision. Are you buying or selling that Patrick Mahomes can win this MVP? Yeah, I I I just got saw the odds odds today about who's odds on favor to win MVP. And the odds are favoring Mahomes, and I have to say I don't get it because I think <laughs> I I think I'd put my money elsewhere right now. I mean that's that's not a good place to bet. Uh, so I would sell it. You know, part part of it's just because at the end of the year I think it's going to be a hard at Mahomes's current pace, which is going to put him in kind of the mid thirties for interceptions, maybe mid teens for turnovers and interceptions. Right now, he'd be on pace for mid 4,000s. It's not going to look like a Patrick Mahomes stat line. And I think that's what will probably, at the end of the day, be, wait a minute, there's another quarterback that's got better numbers than Mahomes does. I mean, at this point, good grief, C.J. Stroud's got a better case on paper than Patrick (laughs) Mahomes does. I mean, I I have no doubt. I think his numbers are going to get better in the second half. And, hey, if the Chiefs do end up being 14-3, and maybe he does win it just simply because he's the best player on the best team. But I, I think that just the way this first half of the season has gone, I mean, unless the Chiefs dramatically turn it around, I mean, the quarterback of the number 12 scoring offense in the league probably isn't winning MVP. So they really need to pick things up. And you're right. I mean, it's 
if one of these quarterbacks, whether it's Jalen Hurts, anybody else gets back into the race, and Josh Allen's having a tough year, Herbert's had a tough year, and that's maybe part of it. Maybe it's going to be a quarterback that doesn't have to, but you're, you might have a case that if Jalen Hurts beats Patrick Mahomes, he might have a really good case. I think overall it just feels like, other than the rookie, you have a very good point there, the quarterback play overall, offensive play overall, is just so down. I'm not sure what's going to happen. We're going to revisit that when we get closer to the end of this season uh, and MVP voting is getting closer, folks. So make sure you tune in. Make sure you subscribe to every channel here on the Lockdown Podcast Network because you need information on everybody because this league is wide open. Matt, I appreciate your time. Thank you for being with us. Always a pleasure, Ryan. Take care, everybody. Folks, it's been a good week. It's going to be a good rest of the week as we get ready to turn the page. Don't miss a beat. Thank you for spending your time with us today. We very much appreciate it. And I will be back with you tomorrow and on and on and on. Have a great night, and we'll talk to you then.